um, FPA, uh, Football Philosophy, and tonight we're talking about um, one of the great teams in football. We're going to be looking at a couple of different great teams um, uh, through the years that have really caught the eye and are worth a discussion. Um, but tonight the team we're going to talk about is Kevin Keegan's Newcastle United, um, which were a very powerful team in the 1990s. Um, famous as being entertainers and having um, a very exciting style of play with stars like Ginola and Esprilla and many more. So once again, we've got we've got Dermot on board here, so he's going to um, he's going to help us out and fill in the cracks with his uh, his football knowledge. Um, Dermot, what's what's your what? Uh, why do you think Newcastle is one of those t- memorable teams that sticks in your mind? Well. Um... Uh, hi everyone. Uh, basically, I think it comes down to, you know, the the whole classic sort of romantic losers. You know, the the fact that they 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 entertained everyone. They were basically everyone's uh, you know f- favorite second team. Um, you know, people would even would, would would actually come up to Keegan all the time. Even people from like London and say we would travel all the way up to Newcastle just to. Just to pay and watch your team, it was just they were just great to watch, and the fact that they, they, the, and and ultimately it comes down to the fact that they, they they basically, uh, annihilate they basically committed suicide in a football sense, by the by their manager's romantic sort of principles of super attacking football, which was, uh, in line with it was kind of trying to conjure up. The, the, his his heyday when he was actually playing himself, I believe you know. So I think because they came so close and we we lived in an era at that time in the mid mid to late nineties where Man United, uh, you know, let's not forget, unless you're a Man United supporter, they were by by far the most hated team. Uh, yep. So the fact that this team, came, you know, Newcastle was was playing amazingly, you know. Attacking like beautiful to watch football, you know, came so close to winning the league. They should have won it, you know. I think that that's the reason why it's, it sort of sticks in everyone's mind so much, you know. I, I I think like that idea, as you were saying, romantic losers, and the idea that it was such a dramatic kind of uh, title risk that year. Newcastle were ten points ahead by Christmas, or even twelve points. Yeah, really, they should have wrapped it up, and that's what everybody thought. But you know that famous that famous rant from Kevin Keegan. You know, I would love it if uh, we could beat them. Um, yeah, that's kind of like like that kind of sums it up because clearly then Keegan was um, Keegan was losing it, losing the kind of psychological warfare against Ferguson. And if, if you look at the the pattern of games that season, Newcastle obviously started off very well. Um, by October, they had only lost like four points home and away. And then um, by Christmas, like I said, they were 12 points ahead, 10 points ahead, which really should have meant that they would have cleaned up. But um, the fact that they lost it, the last couple of games, United actually came to uh, St. James's Park, which was a massive, St. James's Gate, which was a massive match. And uh, of course, that was the season in which Cantona was on fire and Cantona yeah. scored the one goal, which made the difference. So it's kind of like, um, in, in one sense, you know, although they were, you know, they had that kind of exciting pace of 
of Liverpool, for example, um, you know, the current Liverpool team, they just they just didn't have the steel that was required of one of Ferguson's team. But coming back to what makes it what makes them a, a memorable team really is that you know there's so many things going there. If you if you look at the uh, the starting lineup when Newcastle beat uh, Manchester United five zero, that was in the season when Keegan actually left. Um, you've got like uh, you've got all names that are so familiar to people because they're just like very striking and memorable names in the old kind of. Golden Age in the Premier League. You've got Pavel Cernicek, Philip Albert, Steve Watson, John Beresford, Darren Peacock, uh, Rob Lee, Les Ferdinand, Alan Shear, David Ginola, David Barry, Asprilla, Keith Gillespie. And then for United, you've got players like, you know, Schmeichel, Kantna, Giggs, Irwin, Pallister, Beckham. But, you know, we've got all players that are kind of like, uh, you know, kind of poster poster iconic players for the the Premier League but I, I think we should give I think we should talk about Kevin Keegan first because he's kind of synonymous synonymous with that entertainer brand that Newcastle had and you know first of all uh, you know Keegan as a as a football player had a brilliant career can you can you tell us a wee bit about that or yeah I mean he, he, he um he I'm sure uh, a lot of our listeners would know he, he, he had a wonderful um, time at Liverpool. Uh, yep. You know, he, he was there. It was Liverpool's superstar. And then very famously had a sort of very kind of controversial transfer to Hamburg. But yep. um, he, he did actually amazingly well there as well. Uh, he actually won like European Player of the Year while he was there. Um, and then he ended up, he actually came when he came back to England. He ended up uh, playing for uh, Newcastle, but he was getting on a little bit then. But he was still he was an absolute you know hero to the Newcastle fans, and then you know that, that basically that was that sort of uh, left the seed of you know that sort of um, his love for for Newcastle, and then obviously he, 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 that's what made him return to the club. You know, uh, in the early nineties when they were in absolute doldrums of. Uh, football it's it's funny there you talk about hamburg and you talk about liverpool a couple of interesting things that that i seen was that uh the weird thing about it was that whenever keegan left uh liverpool you know he was that superstar for liverpool um the person who replaced them was kenny dalglish yeah and whenever keegan left newcastle the person who replaced them was kenny dalglish 20 years later yeah um, Two very different characters, like, but two two brilliant footballers and two very good managers as well. But um, the thing about Hamburg, like, I, I always noticed the thing that stood out for me at Hamburg with Keegan, it was such an unusual move at the time because there was very few English players that went abroad and yeah. done it well. You know what I mean? There's very few, especially back in them days. Um, I think there was a boy, John Charles, played for Juventus and then yeah. they yeah. played for Juventus, but there was a few and far between. But um, I was going to say that uh, Keegan actually won the European Player of the Year two years in a row. And I was yeah. reading about his time in Hamburg, how like, at the beginning it was very unpopular in the dressing room because um, the, he, he couldn't obviously speak German and they just didn't like him because he took up one of the, the foreign spots back then. You could only have two foreign players. And apparently yeah. he took the place of a guy that was really popular. Um, but, you know, he changed, like, he basically was a catalyst that helped Hamburg win their first league title in 19 years. 
Um, and of course, Hamburg have never been a great team ever since. Like, so, you know, Keegan kind of had a, you know, he had this flair about him and this, like, you know, massive, massive uh, impact as a player. And as we would see later on, the manager, I was actually surprised to hear that uh, Keegan's grandparents were actually Irish and uh, they were all they were all big Newcastle fans. So the fact that he finished up with Newcastle and like he made that his next kind of uh, um, step in football wasn't wasn't an ac- an accident. You know, all his family were big Newcastle fans, and uh, it really fits in with that kind of impulsive, kind of like uh, impulsive type gritty type character. You know that, you know, whenever people think about Newcastle, that's what they think about. You know, kind of full of full of gutso and you know, Geordies like you know, and but yeah. uh, full of spirit. But, uh, you know, as you were saying, um, whenever he joined Newcastle, you were saying they were in the doldrums of uh, English football. Can you tell us a wee bit about that? Yeah, I mean, when when he took over, you know, they were they were actually near the bottom of the, the old second division. And they were they were just about to be um, either relegated to the third division, which would have been the first time in their history. Um, so they were... You know, they were absolutely um, in, a, in a pretty kind of uh, a very dangerous situation for him. You know, they could have easily ended up being a, a you know a, a team that, that that basically sort of faded away, like like so many other teams have done. But um, actually, the 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 guy that he had replaced was was a another sort of uh, yes. guy famous for his sort of um, you know. Sexy fucking uh, Aussie, Aussie Ardiles. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously he's associated with Spurs and, uh, you know. World Cup winner as well. Sorry? He, he won the World Cup with Argentina as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he was actually, yeah, he was a great player back in his day. Like, um, And, uh, yeah, so, you know, Keegan came in then and, uh, you know, he, he his, the transformation he made was, was absolutely incredible because... Um, Basically, they even going back before uh, Ozzy Ardiles, they had they had a guy um, uh, Jim Smith. He got them relegated from Division One in nineteen eighty nine. Was that the same Jim Smith that was the Derby manager later on? I mean, the wee boy used to wear the wee cap and all. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, he, same boy. I. Yeah, he's very like he's the they kind of manager you would you would never see that anymore. Oh no, you wouldn't see that. It looked like you would you would see him at the dog racing or something. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You used to get a lot of managers like that, yeah, back in the day. Like they, they used to wear the sheepskin coat and all that. Remember, but you don't see that anymore. So um, yeah. So basically, what Keegan then he, he uh, a man I would like to introduce to story is um, Sir John Hall, who's extremely important. He's the money man. He he actually yeah. he took control of Newcastle around the time of uh, Keegan's appointment. So he got Keegan in, and then. He gave he, he permitted Keegan, you know, uh, five million pounds in his first season, which at that time in the early nineties was a lot of money. Um, you know, nowadays that would uh, that, that would obviously would 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 barely buy uh, a meal at most stadiums. Like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so he he signed John Beresford, Barry Venison, and Rob Lee, and I'd say Rob Lee is a real key one there. But then his the the signing that really that really brought them forward massively was Andy Cole. Uh, Andy Cole. Uh, you know, a lot of listeners might 
pro- probably remember him obviously from his Man United days, but no, and Andy Cole was absolutely amazing for Newcastle. There's that oh, yeah. great, there's that great goal he scored. I think he scored twelve goals in his first twelve games, but yeah. there's that great goal he scores from kind of the corner and he follows it up and it just it's a, it's a, an absolute peach. Like oh but, yeah, uh, Andy Cole was like I think he scored forty one goals in his yeah. second season. He's, he's got yeah, he's got the he's still got the all time record in the premiership for Aye. for goals in, in one season 41 yeah and then and that's he won the young player of the year that season as well he was he was an absolute machine um but uh he 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 was a big he was a big game changer for them like uh, oh, yeah. you know you were saying that whenever keegan took over um they were they were bottom of the the division two and they were heading for the third tier of of English football, where they yeah. where they never been, so the signing of like the you 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 were saying like the introduction of John Hall, um, who was the money man, and um, that you know Keegan arriving at the same time, it was just it was just everything came together, and Keegan was one of them them you know men that just kind of seems to be for the most part seems to be in the right place at the right time. Obviously, later on in his career, that all changed. But yeah. with Newcastle, I think it was just the the right things coming together at the right time. So the yeah. the he obviously lifts them off the the bottom of the of Division Two. What what happens then? Right. Yeah. So basically, once they then uh, get get into the you know the, the the Premiership, basically then that's that's when when Andy Cole has a incredible season. Uh, well, basically, you had they had also at that stage Peter Beardsley. Yes. So Beardsley and Cole scored fifty-five league goals between them, and, and Beardsley was like and Beardsley was like thirty-five at this point as well. Oh yeah, he was. Uh, he he was like you know yeah he he was an old man then, but uh, he absolutely, he, he was one of these players who luckily never really relied that much on pace. He was just extremely uh, uh, smart, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like he could, you know, if you threw him on a pitch now, he'd probably be half decent. Okay. Like, you know, he's uh, he he was he's sort of like as close as England comes to that sort of more uh, flair player that you would have got in the yep. you know in the in the continent. Like, but um, so so basically, what happened was they they um they actually scored they they scored eighty two in the league in that in that first season. But yeah. the problem was they 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 also conceded forty one times, which was actually the it was the fourth worst in the in the whole league. So that gives you a sort of insight into 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 the team. And they they in that in that first league season in um in the Premiership they they had some games where they were they were winning like seven one and five one and uh but they actually finished fifteen points behind Man United that season. And then they 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 were given the nickname the entertainers, you know. So that was that that was kind of set the scene for for the way that Keegan was was going to manage them, the way he was going to go about things. So you can see that he just like um, whenever he it was a type of really energetic and motivational character. And the thing is, yeah. the the personality kind of you know those those qualities of a manager and a, a, as a player. You know, you can almost trace him back to uh, a manager that I used to have, Bill Shankly. Um, yeah. And, you know, Bill Shankly said that, you know, enthusiasm is the greatest thing in the world, like, you know, motivation, and you can get nowhere without it. And it's a very yeah. simple thing to say. 
but it's very profound as well. But, um, you know, Keegan had that and he could he used it as a great impetus for all his teams. And that's why, you know, I think it was, I don't know whether it was John Beresford or Warren Barden said that, you know, anybody in the team would have jumped off the, the time uh, bridge for him. Yeah, I think it was Beresford. Yeah, I read that today. Yeah. But it's... like, you know, it was just like you get teams like, uh, you know, you get a lot of teams who, who have a lot of money in the modern game and then like they buy a lot of players. And sometimes they just don't gel. But that that Newcastle team was like a group of players who were all very kind of, you know, unique and a wee bit like, you know, a wee bit, you know, eccentric in different ways. You know, they talk about the haircuts in that team with Darren Peacock with a, the ponytail and big Barry Fennison with a mullet. And then, of course, Keegan. Keegan was the man who introduced the Permody football in the first place. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, you had David Ginola, who was like an outcast from... From French football, and he was like Genola was such a brilliant buy and such a such a typical player for Kevin Keegan. You know, just full of flair and such a great athlete as well. You know, yeah. Genola was an amazing player. I actually seen him play one time in Derry at the Brandywell, and every time he got the ball, it was just like you know you were just like this real focus watching him because he knew that you know every second he was going to pull off something, but yeah. um, that. The season that um, for so they get promoted. Keegan lifts them off the bottom of Division Two. They get promoted, and then um, then they finish third, and then they finish sixth, and then that sets the scene for the big season, which we all know about. Um, when they they run they run clear of United at Christmas by ten points. Um, so what's, you know, in that season, of course, they buy Les Ferdinand and Shaka Hislop and stuff. And then in the middle of the season, I, I really remember that. It was kind of, I remember them even talking about a match of the day. They were running out of a bit of steam. And I mind he bought David Barry and Festino Esprilla. And I actually mind Festino Esprilla, his first game, he came on as a sub. And I just mind him, like, being wild exciting. Because um, he came for Parma, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mind him being so exciting to watch, and like everybody was agreeing that they were two great signings at that time of the season. But what do you think actually went wrong in that season for um, Keegan and Newcastle? Well, I think um, Mark Lawrenson, uh, the the BBC. Well, he's now left the BBC uh, as a pundit. Uh, he was actually brought in by Keegan as a defensive coach, uh, sh- sh- like uh, very late in Keegan's time at Newcastle. But he he puts it very well. He just basically said, uh, puts it simply that um, if if Keegan had have adjusted his system just very very slightly, they would have won the league. But basically. He didn't want to portray his principles, and I think that's one of the reasons people kind of love him so much because he's he, he, he's kind of got that kind of naivety, almost kind of like he sees the game as as something beautiful and pure, and uh, you know you you know uh, uh, Mark Lawrence was saying if he only had a news like say an extra midfield holding player. To release the likes of Peter Beardsley and Les Ferdinand and Espria, that would that that could have won them the league. But he he, he just um, he just basically wanted to be free flowing in all departments. But in football, that doesn't necessarily happen. So he had that 
kind of na- naivety, you know, that um, some people, you know, some people might be uh, quite, you know, rude about it and just say it, it, it was actually quite, you know, silly and, and immature and, you know, bad management. But um, that that ultimately is what happened. And, and I remember at the time, uh, after after basically they, they, they threw away the league, I remember Espria was the, that that signing was seen was seen to symbolise like the the sort of madness of Keegan because they they, they and no they never they were never lacking in goals um you know obviously the, it was quite obvious that def- if you're going to improve them in any way it was going it should have been defensively and then he goes out but in a typical Keegan move he goes out and splashes as all the money on on the most flashy kind of eccentric attacking player you can imagine Espria. And Espria was also not not just all those things, but he was also extremely, uh, you know, uh, erratic, inconsistent. You know, in in one, in in a few moments in a match, he could be absolutely incredible, but then he might do absolutely nothing for the rest of the match. Just one uh, of one of the lux- luxury players, really, isn't he? Oh, he was the ultimate luxury player, Espria. Mm. You know, so a lot of people think, right, if he had just bought a defender, you know, some big. Uh, typical kind of English, you know, centre half, like just to sort of sort things out, or even like someone more and someone more in the David Barry type of uh, mould. But uh, but that, that, that sums yeah, up they, like a kind of Lee Carsley or someone like that. Thomas Thomas Gravenson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, that 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 basically what uh, what Keegan, what Keegan actually said to Lawrence when he brought him in was that uh, he had actually neglected to, to sort things out at the back because he he wanted Newcastle to be an unstoppable force going forward. But it was that was after the horse had already kinda bolted, you know, like it was too uh-huh. it was too little too late. That was already after they give away the league. So you can see that Keegan himself, you know, he might be naive, but he he could see that you know, that was the massive weakness defensively. So Basically, that was it, really. It's, I think it's, the game that sums up that whole kind of, you know, emphasis on attacking and defensive weakness that you were talking about. Yeah. Like, you know, the whole idea between not actually winning games. Like, well, Ferguson actually won games, but won them in style as well. But Ferguson won a lot of games 1-0 as well. Yeah. Um, and scored in the last one and stuff. And Mourinho, of course, was kind of famous for that. Many other great coaches were. But the thing, the game that actually kind of... You know, uh, you know, is the kind of, you know, the game that you actually associate with against yeah. tenor the most is, of course, that game against Liverpool, whenever yeah. they were defeated four three, which was a brilliant game, and yeah. I think there was a Newcastle player involved in that game, but that kind of was the one of the final nails in the coffin in their uh, Premiership uh, title race because uh, after that, of course, there's the famous picture of Keegan sitting with his head in his hands. Yeah, yeah. But of course, that was a that was an amazing night of entertainment. It was a great game. I mean, as well, there was a game. Um, my Nigel Clough used to play for Liverpool. Um, Liverpool United, free each, kind of around that same time period. They were brilliant games. Like I mean, just watching it and being like Dennis Irwin scored a free kick, and just like being glued to the screen, even as a young boy. Like, but uh, yeah. you know, obviously Keegan put too much emphasis on attack and flair, and all our things were neglected, as as Lawrence said. Um, 
So basically, um, you know, towards the end of the season, they had that big, uh, you know, that big points um, gap at Christmas, and then it all kind of fell apart slowly. But, but uh, you know, obviously in a very cruel way because you know it ended up Newcastle not winning the league, and you know I can't even I don't even know the last time. Newcastle won the first division title. They they've obviously never won oh, it. Oh, they've they've never won it ever. They've never won it. So that would have been. It's kind of sums up Keegan altogether as one of these romantic losers. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, like at the end of the day, you know, as well as losing the United at home, you know, which could be rectified because they had ten points they spare. You know, they failed to beat like Nottingham Forest and Spurs in their last two games, and I think United won by four points. And United were just a killing machine at that time, and Canada yeah. was just on fire. I mean, United were playing Blackburn or someone, and um, the ball came in. It was nil nil, and uh, the ball came in, and Canada scored this impossible header in the last few minutes. And it was just one of them games that you knew they were going to win the league. Um, but so that was that was that season, and obviously Keegan lost the head towards the end of the season. It did continue for part of the next season, which was his yeah. final season, 1997. And that was the year in which, of course, that famous game where Newcastle beat United 5-0 at St. James's Park. That's and right. uh, I remember John, apparently Cantona went up to Keegan after the game and said, you, you've got a fucking good team. And John Hall said today was the, the day where the English champions won. But of course, like, you know, Ferguson had the, the premiership in the bag, you know what I mean? It was one game. It's very significant because, uh, you know, they won it in style as well. If you watch that game back, um, David Ginola, absolutely. Uh, oh, he gives Gary Neville a, a really hard time. Neville looks like a wee boy to him. Like, yeah. um, he scores a peach in the top corner, Ginola. But from from the, the minute the whistle go, goes, he just, he just takes... Gary Neville every time. Gary Neville's like standing back off him, and then there's there's one part where like uh, Ginola's flying down the line, and all you see is this body, this United player, just like jumping at him and just missing him, and like it's Gary Neville. It's just like terrible defend. I don't know when I was young. Obviously, Ginola was very hard to mark, but it was just man against boy, you know. And um, then you had Philip Albert with that chip over Schmeichel's head. Yeah. I, even though that game was like a long, long time ago in 1997, I remember watching it and just the feeling of everybody like admiring the, the team and kind of like there was some kind of justice there that this team deserved that and, and possibly more, you know? Oh, yeah, very much. So I, I, I have very special memories of that match as well because obviously Sky Sports were showing it. So I remember me and, me and my brother had to literally had to ask our next door neighbor if we could if we could you know sit in his living room and watch it because oh. we, we didn't have sky and i remember he just left us alone to, to watch it being so he left us to it and uh at that time i was a i was a supporter of newcastle so you can imagine i was in i was in dreamland you know where i was just i was blown over by you know watching uh you know you know watching them just absolutely destroy man united but um the tr- the tragic thing is that thirteen weeks after that five 0 win, uh, Kevin Keegan then left the club. So, and as uh, as as David Ginola says, basically the club felt broken um, after after Keegan left. 
But um, yeah, I completely agree with you. Like that, the like about about Janola, he was, he he was sort of probably like this sort of personification of of Keegan on the pitch because he was one hundred percent all about flair, attacking, you know, beautiful skills and. Uh, it's still uh, very like you know he wasn't kind of showboating. Well, he was showboating, but he oh, was. I mean, he, he, yeah, he, he was strong too. Like you know what I mean? Oh yeah, very much so. But the but Beresford used to say that he was very frustrated because he he would say that he had to uh, mark two players in every match because Ginola wouldn't track back. So, uh, but um, to, and and what what the 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 funny thing is that um, Keegan then decided to drop Beresford. Because yeah. of uh, his because because of his frustration with Ginola and the yeah. system, which shows you you know where where Keegan's uh, you know yeah exactly and where's where his kind of football soul was you know and um, yeah so that that's that for me that's the matches but that looking back it's bittersweet because there was a promise I think if they could have kept Keegan who knows what could have happened he he, he could have built on. Um, he he should have built on uh, on that team because they had added Alan Shearer to the team, you know, and that uh, that was that was a massive press conference, you know what I mean? Yeah. Shearer, of course, rejected United in in favor of Newcastle. Yeah, that was a massive sign at the time. 15, oh, it's incredible! It? That was huge. But oh, yeah. like, um, of course, you know, Shearer was an old, you know, Jordy as well, so he was very happy to come. Yeah. come but then, of course, Keegan went on. He 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 resigned halfway through that season, and um, you know, then of course he left football. It was a very brief statement. Left Newcastle. He would eventually return, but uh, eight months later he took over Fulham, and um, yeah. you know, and then he, he he took on the England manager at the same time, and it all ended very badly, really. And uh, of course, he came back to Newcastle, but the managing management was different, and. You know, you just felt that Keegan kind of, he made t- too many moves and he was a bit hasty about them and things just didn't work out. And he's kind of been like, you know, he's kind of been, his, pers- his, his reputation's kind of, you know, he, you know it's it's slightly tarnished by, by them, uh, you know, by those episodes of, of short-term management. Um, I think he actually took Mike Ashley and, and the management of Newcastle to court. Um but he just seemed a bit jaded by the whole thing in the end. And that's it's kind of a wee bit sad because, you know, Keegan was famous for this, like, you know, great energy and great great enthusiasm and great flair. But I suppose, you know, that's that's just the way it goes, you know. Um, so uh, Newcastle, of course, kind of just didn't seem the same, you know. Kenny Dalglish actually done quite well. I think he finished second or third and he kept them in the Champions League and stuff. But then you had like just a succession of of managers that were kind of, except for Bobby Robson, who weren't very memorable. You know, Graham Sunez was in there as well. Rude Hullet was in there as well. It seemed like a very unstable kind of environment. And then you had the whole the whole management. Dennis Wise was there for a while, and just Alan Pardew, and the place just reeked of kind of like uh, I don't know, just kind of a lack of vision, really. Um, oh yeah, but of course now you've got Benitez, Benitez, which is really good because Benitez is like um, you know, he's a great manager and he's a great success. 
Um, although, of course, he's changed the whole style of Newcastle football. It's true to say that, you know, whenever you look back on the on the timeline since Keegan, and even as we were talking about before Keegan, you know, judging it by the timeline since and the timeline before, Keegan and that period from 1992 to 1997 really stand out as a unique period in time, which makes Newcastle one of the unique and great teams, and that's why we're talking about them. Oh, yeah, very much so. I mean, if you were to look back at, um, you know, in the history of the Premier League, uh, the t- the team that really should have won the league, uh, you know, but but didn't. I, I would definitely say Newcastle uh, are the are, would be my number one can you know candidate. In that. Um, you know, there's all this talk about how Liverpool haven't won the league, you know, for thirty years, and I would say they just missed out this year, you know, against uh, against Man City, but you know to to. And they obviously blew a bit of a lead as well, but to blow a twelve-point lead where yeah. uh, where they actually had made new signings, they didn't really have any major injuries. Uh, they 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 it was basically they they got, they got destroyed by by a guy sticking to his principles, really. But uh, yeah. but in a very cruel. In a cruel reality of, of football, you know, you, you you have to be more smart than that. And uh, yeah, they they they'll always be remembered. You know that team. They um, I think Keegan has that. It's it's it, he has a kind of as I've said a few times. You know, he has a na- naivety that you don't actually really see anymore uh, because they have to be. And that 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 outburst outburst that he did about Ferguson, you wouldn't see that anymore because. But managers are much more like media trained these days, and the game's a lot more slick and, and, and professional in terms. Of, you don't see those, you don't you don't see the veil kind of slip away as much, where it's pure emotion, raw emotion like that. Uh, that's that's true. Like you know, people were talking about this season. Like uh, I just seen it coming up a few times about the best video or whatever. Yeah, and uh, Charlie Austin plays for Southampton. And I, I've seen it come up a few times, like this, you know, the most, the most watched video or the most like entertaining video. So eventually, I clicked on it, and I was uh, Charlie Austin after some match. Um, Southampton were playing someone, and like the the referee, from what I gathered from what he was talking about, the referee had like made a mistake or something. And to be honest, like you know, the rant that he goes under, you know, it's not actually that. You know, it's not that bad at all, you know. And I was thinking, I was after I watched it, it was about a month and a half long. I was like, is that hot like, you know? Yeah. And it kind of comes back to the point you were saying, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's just just things are a bit more, you know, people are a bit more cautious and but more, you know, things are a bit more sanitized and all that. And, you know, Keegan, you know, it was raw watching that whenever Keegan done that. And, uh, you know, I think people at the time were a wee bit kind of cringing for him but you know big deal he was like involved in the moment and that's what people want to see that passion and people enjoying it and maybe maybe losing themselves a wee bit but big deal that's yeah. that's it you know who, who you know who, who's got a right to judge him for that you know exactly. it's sad that you know Keegan really as well as being a great footballer for Liverpool and Hamburg and Newcastle and Southampton um, and having a great career and he says this in his book he said that like you know 
sometimes you just have to be in the right place at the right time as well as having a great ability. You know, he, yeah. he credits himself as being very lucky. Um, you know, and bringing those great memories to Newcastle. But at the same time, it would be nice if he won a trophy. But what can you do? So we'll, we'll wrap up Newcastle there and we'll leave the Magpies, that great black and white shirt with the, the, the collar, the half collar. And yeah. then the away kit, the, the purple and kind of burgundy stripes. Great tops, Newcastle Brown Ale. Um, any, any, anything in mind for the next uh, great team, Dermot? Um, the next great team? Um, Possibly well, we were talking about AC Milan before. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the AC Milan team of, of of the sort of late, that late 80s to early 90s era, you know, um, you know, with all those like Maldini, Van Basten, Hullet, Rijkaard, all those players. That yep. I think that would be a great one to do. Baresi. Yeah. Um, Papan. Oh, yeah. And then that, the and... time they crushed, you know, they had that moment where they, you know, they crushed the dream team of Barcelona 4 0 in the yeah. Champions League final. And, uh, you know, and they, they had won. Still Desai. Oh, yeah. Desai, amazing. Like the, the Rock, they used to call. Oh, great. And, um, yeah, that, that would be a great one to do, sure. So we'll leave it there tonight, Dermot. Uh, anybody who hasn't listened to our two previous podcasts, one is on the um, the best 11 players to come out of the island of Ireland, and the other one is on uh, what has gone wrong since Alex, Fer- Alex Ferguson left Manchester United. So uh, thanks for listening, folks, and uh, we'll speak to you next time. All the best, Dermot. Thanks very much now. Thank you. All right, see you later. Thanks.